0: Just kidding. I got audio this time. I know I did it right. Uh, What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to break the cycle Uh, with me, your host, Joshua Smith. Thank you guys so much for checking us out on a Thursday evening. Uh, I'm gonna have to, you know, I always tell you guys what day it is. And uh, I'm about to record like six episodes because I'm gonna be gone on Monday through for like eight days at Disney World and uh so i'm recording all these episodes i'm gonna have to remember not to say the day because it just won't make any sense everybody be like wait a minute it's not wednesday what the hell is this guy talking about it's monday um but anyways we got a great show for you guys tonight. first of all i want to shout out a couple new members to the to the channel uh level zero and derek rethman thank you guys so much for becoming supporting members of the youtube channel and yes the boomers got jokes miss shannon uh but uh, thank you guys so much for financially supporting the show. Hit me up after the show. I'll make sure that you get into the Discord server. I know Level Zero is already in there. Um, but it would be great to have everybody who financially supports the show in the Discord because it's a fun place and a really cool community and nice people. But, of course, let's start off with some sponsors. Top lobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this amazing, amazing high on the Ideas of Liberty Ron Paul hoodie that I'm wearing tonight for a 10% discount by using BTC at checkout. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of this here YouTube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link and uh, get yourself into the secret, private, uh, top secret Discord server with the uh, great community behind Break the Cycle, where you can get all of Top Lobster's brand new gear up to two weeks before it goes out to the general public at like a thirty percent discount. I mean, it's big stuff, and it's he's got really good stuff. It's super quality. He he makes sure that it gets printed right. It's it's really really nice stuff. So check out Top Lobster. Uh, give him your business, he deserves it The man is constantly drawing for this movement So, And of course, executive producer of the show Anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs Check them out today, see what they can do for your business, home, or personal life They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at Much cheaper and much more efficiently Seriously, if you own a business, look them up Just find out what they can do for you It's it's not going to cost you anything to go to the website I'm telling you, they're awesome uh, I believe, when I, as soon as I get back from Disney World I'll have Amy Lepore, the owner of Anthem Planning, on the show um, to talk about the the drama in Delaware. Uh, Her and the chairman of the board will be on the show. It'll be an interesting show. And I'm looking forward to it because Amy is smart as ever and really, really awesome. So I hope you guys will check that out good we got an awesome show for you guys tonight uh i've been following this lady for a very long time uh either on facebook now on twitter uh, i don't know if she's allowed to be there so maybe keep that on the hush uh she works hopping.org she is uh the mac and liberty moderator on her youtube channel and an awesome cosplayer she is miss mac Kinsey puff how you doing tonight
1: i'm doing great how are you
0: oh you know i can't i can't complain i got uh i got off work today and i have 12 days off work
1: so, nice. And if
0: anybody's been following me for a while You know that that is really cool Because I've ta- not taken any vacation since like last July And uh, when we first got the kids And moved into the new house um, We had a guy go out of work We only have four shifts and four people And there was no one to cover it So I was doing like 72 hour weeks And 60 hour weeks Back to back to back to back to back For like three months And doing the show Between three and five nights a week uh, it, was, it was wild man It was wild But let's talk Congrats. about you That's what we're here for right <laughs> Not here to talk about me. I'm just the host of the show. Let's talk about you. So you're you're a staunch anarcho-capitalist. Uh, you're very very uh, uh, principled. You talk a lot about it on your channel, on social media. But I mean, how did you get there? First of all, you, you, I think you're the only woman ancap, right? Like the only one. Is there any? I don't know if there's any. I don't
1: know I'm about. I don't know about that. Uh, I might be the only one that's not like a stripper. But <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus. Oh, I think the philosopher is going to be really upset about that. But uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> what? I mean, what brought you to these ideas, man?
1: Uh, I have a really weird story. I feel like everyone either was like a neocon or like a super left person. I was certainly
0: a neocon for
1: sure. Yeah. yeah. I have a few friends who were, which where they are now, it scares me that I mean it's kind of cool, but it's scary at the same time that they used to be neocons and now they're here. But uh I was just basically a super ignorant college student that got involved with Young Americans for Liberty. Like I my first year I could vote was 2012 and I didn't even vote in that election and I just didn't care about politics at all, which sometimes I wish I could go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's probably good that where we are now, I actually somewhat know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. But I basically just started as a really ignorant college kid, like a little baby Lulbert. And got involved with Young Americans for Liberty, which everybody pretty much knows started out of students for Ron Paul, but I didn't even know who Ron Paul was, which is absolutely an insane thing to say in this movement. My
0: heart is broken. Right?
1: That's how far (sighs) removed from everything I was. I had no idea. And that was twenty twelve. Like that was how did I not know? I just Wasn't paying attention at all, wasn't interested in this stuff. So, got involved with Yow and um, worked for Yow for a while while I was in college and then got introduced to other groups like the Con Inc. types, like the TPUSA, and went to a bunch of events and things like that. Basically, every political group you can think of. I went to like this International Students for Liberty conference and things like that and basically just worked my way. And eventually, I, I, I met some non lulbert folks who introduced me to the Mises Institute. Which, uh, without the Mises Institute, I would probably still just be a little baby, Lilbert, not knowing what the heck I was talking about. So, <laughs> thank God for them. But yeah, and, and now here I am just
0: yeah, going Mi- on
1: podcasts and making videos. The Mises
0: Institute is that is like that window you can't close, right? Like, I talk nope. about this on the show all the time. Like, once, once you go through you know, that window, over yeah
1: it's like the ultimate it's like the libertarian red pill is the mises institute like once you take it you don't go back
0: and the further you go away from the window the harder it is to ever even turn around and look at the window i mean it's really that's really how it is you start getting in you know you A lot of people get to the Mises Institute by Rothbard, right? It's not even really Mises typically that brings people. It's Rothbard is probably, in in our generation, the more uh, famous or more talked about uh, economist and philosopher. Uh, But, you know, namesake Mises. Mises obviously was the inspiration for it by Murray and, and others. Lou Rockwell, um, and then you start reading all these other people there, Hoppe, and it just—it's like you just keep going further and further away from ever yeah. being able to go back through that window, and um, and you know it's even been a journey for me. I mean, my my journey from libertarianism to AnCap was six months, like most people, um, and <laughs> yeah. and and that started with uh, the, you know that started with uh, the Libertarian Manifesto for a New Liberty by, by by Rothbard. That was the first one. You know what I mean? It was the first thing I read after uh, F. A. Hayek's Road to Serfdom. And uh, that was it. It was like, okay, now I need to keep going. But, but it was like, it took me several years after that, you know yeah. what I mean, to like get really, really deep into it. I mean, I, I'm just starting to read Hoppe re- like recently, you know what I mean? And <laughs> um, it's, changed my, it's changed my opinion a lot on a lot of things, especially the discourse around anarcho-capitalism online, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and uh, I can, I, now I have a, better, have a better understanding of when people are arguing in bad faith. Than I did because I actually read. I've actually read the stuff. You know what I mean. And uh, yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why I read commie literature too. Though you know, I don't want to. If you're going to argue with people and and you're going to fight these bad ideas, you should probably know what the ideas are first. You know. Yes. Um, so I've read all of them: Proudhon and and uh, Bakunin and Marx and Kropotkin. I've read all that crap uh, that I could just set on fire now and not care about. But um, so so you you work you work with the happy and sort of
1: yeah right. so <laughs> uh, i help them out with social media and like make graphics and like meme videos and stuff for them and things like that so
0: nice nice uh first of all death thanks for the three dollars super chat i will enjoy the vacation daniel three biblical anarchy gave a five dollar super chat and said if you aren't a stripper are you really an ancap though sounds like a fed <laughs> um, <laughs> well
1: i am a fed don't you know
0: oh boy oh all women on twitter are feds so that's how it works I
1: right? actually uh for a little bit before i got kicked off of my big account on twitter i had um Agent Dana Scully, my cosplay of her, is my profile picture. So I was literally dressed up as an FBI agent. And people were like, I knew it. Oh we knew it. You're like, just give
0: it a rest, guys. Just give it a rest. So I, yeah. mean, I mean, I know you're, you're a big fan of, of Hoppa and, and, and the Hoppy and stuff. What was, I mean, what was it about those ideas that really drove, drove it home for you?
1: It was kind of a combination of things. So like a little bit more about my background, I think the first like Liberty minded book in that sphere that I read, I, I went to my first young Americans for Liberty convention, like the big one in DC and um, back when they were still in DC, now they've moved to Texas, which is probably a good move. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, a slightly better move. We'll Are, put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I read uh, the law by Bastia on my way to DC, like on the plane. And I thought, oh, like I'd never thought of the ideas like that. I've never thought of how laws are applied and like what they actually should mean in in a way like that. And then I don't know how much longer later, but I basically went from that to getting involved with more right-wing people. um, And they had me read Anatomy of the State. And once I read Anatomy of the State, I know it's cliche, but I I couldn't get it out of my brain. I think I would have still classified myself as a minarchist, like just holding on. But I couldn't justify after reading that like the logic in that to me was so sound that i couldn't get it out of my brain and then i started reading more rothbard and got into egalitarianism stuff and then eventually that led me uh down to hoppa which to be fair people have been calling me a hoppian for a couple years now but i just didn't feel comfortable calling myself that because I had been an ANCAP for so long calling myself that, not really being educated enough to probably be calling myself that, that I didn't feel comfortable not reading and understanding things more to call myself another label. Even if people were already kind of calling it me that I, I just wasn't comfortable with that. So I made like my coming out video on my channel a couple Oh, I remember ago. that.
0: I saw I saw I remember I saw the <laughs> yeah. headline for that. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I went yeah. I actually went and watched it. I was like, okay, this is pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah,
1: I, like three minutes in, everybody knew it was a joke. They just didn't know what it was. Um
0: Yeah when you started rambling for a while, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a, like, this is not up. what you thought what you thought it was. Yeah I was like I was like I'm pretty sure she's like married? Do a guy and like i don't think she's yeah. gonna have like a coming out video i feel like no. i don't know i don't know it's gonna be strange uh but that that was pretty funny i did i did watch that uh video i, I think probably right around when you put it out and i was i was had a good yeah. laugh about it um <laughs> but you're also really into cosplays so that's that's a big thing for you and uh you know yeah. I, I don't know if that goes hand in hand with and caps but you know i've seen it a few <laughs> times but uh you're you're you get pretty well known what, what was it that drew you to the the cosplaying stuff
1: The costuming stuff, um, basically, my husband and I met when we were 18, like the last month of high school. So we'd been together for a while, but he's really into all the – people call them action figures and it triggers him. All the Gundams that you see behind me, those are all his – like that's his hobby. He builds them and custom paints them and stuff like that. Um, So he's always been into like anime and things like that. And so – I just got into it too. And we started going to conventions together and I got really, the costuming thing is not his thing. Everyone's always like, why don't you do it together? I'm like, it's okay to have separate hobbies. Like we don't (laughs) have to do everything together. So, but he's my bodyguard. So he goes with me and we go with friends. Well, not lately, probably never again because of all this BS, but um, that's how I got into that. And funny thing is I, I got into libertarianism and cosplay like, end of 2015 beginning of 2016 that's when i like really started again to get into both things which was cool but also terrifying because i wasn't as solid in my beliefs and not as stubborn about them i guess so i was really scared to talk about anything political because the costuming convention community is just Pretty rampant left. with leftism yeah. yeah but i will say um I have had a lot of people over the years message me personally, not publicly, about, like, cancel culture and things like that and how they don't – they're moderate, but they don't – you know, the kind of messages we all get, especially with all the craziness going on, like, they don't necessarily agree. They're just terrified to say anything because – of getting canceled and things like that,
0: right? So. I've had a lot of comedians on my show that kind of say the same thing. When the comedy world yeah. and uh, you know musicians on the show, I had actors on my show. Like when I had uh, Mark Pellegrino on, he said, you know, it's yeah. he, he he's he's w- willing to say some of you know he's a he's a, a Ayn Rand uh, objectivist and and uh, you know as goofy as that is he he uh, you know he's he said there's times that he just can't talk about his politics because he'll lose gigs and that's it's like arts. that's that's yeah. really fucked up to think that like. Okay, these people are, they're the ones who control what we watch every mm-hmm. single day. They're the ones who make the movies that we watch. They're the ones who make the TV shows that we watch. A lot of those same companies own the news, the news channel. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and you know, you bring that up, if you bring that up with people they start calling you a conspiracy theorists, but then you talk to actors who think like us and they're like, yeah, yeah we would be blackballed if we talked about our political beliefs. And it's like, these are the people that are controlling everything you watch and you don't believe that they're like feeding you this shit, this, this, this leftist ideology through all oh, the yeah. stuff that they make and put out. Like, of course they are. Wouldn't you, I know when I make media, when I make a, a, a video or something, you're damn right. If it's a political slant to it, it's going to have my political slant to it. I'm not going to put out anything I don't believe in, you know? And exactly, yeah. so um, it's, it's, it's pretty it's pretty silly and it sucks that there's so many great, you know, fun uh, communities like that that are just overtaken by this shit. And that's what they do, you know. I, I don't yeah. know if you if you're familiar with Carlin Borisanko who I've had on the show. I know that some people are not fans of Carlin, some yeah. people are. I get it. But she, you know, when she did the walk away movement and she she the reason why she actually finally went away from this left, you know, leftism or whatever was because she was in like a crocheting club.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that it was like literally a knitting club. Yeah, it was
0: like a something. knitting club and these leftists like infiltrated the knitting club. Like this is this is horrible shit, you know what I mean? And we and we it's it's so funny because you know when you talk about especially with the Lulberts, right? Like don't get me started on the Lulberts. I I've I've been around these people for years cuz I work in the Libertarian Party and uh for the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the longest time it was uh yeah, I have my I have my in the fu- my in the in the Fed uh, Mises Institute money nice. here. So, um, but uh, I worked around these people for a long time, and it's like anytime you're like, oh, leftists are cancer, leftists, you know, and then you start talking about how like you'll never have the society you want as long as the leftists keep infiltrating shit like the uh, checks notes, the knitting club, you know what I mean? Like it's always <laughs> going to be a problem, uh, and so yeah. we have to learn to fight back at, at some point because um, when when these people are. Uh, growing at the exponential rate that they are, we're going we're gonna, to you know, continue to lose our, our rights every day. And it's like, well, at what point do you stop and go, hey, these people are actually aggressing on us. Like, legit, they're aggressing on us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the Loberts are like, oh, you can't, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't fight this, you can't, it's like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, these people yeah. are literally trying to, I, I, we turned on, <laughs> this is, I had no idea this was going on, by the way. So my kids were watching <laughs> uh, uh, Nickelodeon, on the TV. Oh
1: no. Right.
0: And uh, cuz I grew up watching Nickelodeon. It was fine. So
1: did I. Yeah, yeah. I
0: loved Nickelodeon, right? So I was like, hey, clothes yeah. and
1: stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I was before, I'm a little older than that, but um, so um All right,
1: that's fine. <laughs> I was
0: like I was like kids incorporated and shit. Like prior to <laughs> oh, prior to the salute your shorts and stuff. Like I'm I'm almost 40. And so um And so uh, my kids were watching Nickelodeon I didn't think that I was like yeah fuck yeah watch Nickelodeon cool you know they're watching um what, the, what are they watching on there like like iCarly or some shit and it's like I don't care you know what I mean that's fine uh and then I I sat down because I was like oh I'm gonna watch some iCarly with my kids and every single commercial was a Black Lives Matter commercial mm-hmm. and they're and they're telling my kids to go out and protest and shit and I'm like what the fuck is like this is this is like the kids channel and they're telling the, my 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 9 and and, and 10 and and 7-year-old kids to go out and protest. Like holy shit. So I had to sit them down and like explain to them that like okay, yes, black lives do matter, but this organization is a communist organization. Let me explain communism to you because I want you to understand what communism is and you know, my my son, he's 10 and he he's like I was like, "Yeah, communism has killed, you know, 100 million people." In the 20th century right and he's like how How is that even possible And I was like well let me explain Mao to you and let me explain You know uh, Stalin to you And let me explain these so he got a good history lesson And now when he sees this commercial he's like Crap I don't want to watch this shit you know <laughs> I love it I love it but that's how that. you know I talk a lot on my Twitter about how like that's The most important thing you can do uh, In this fight really is to raise Strong independent kids who Think for themselves and uh, Aren't going to fall into the the communism Trap because they're not stupid you know,
1: right, exactly. I mean, that's one of the things that talking about how I eventually got to Hoppe, that's one of the things that I don't, I hate to say radicalized because people yeah. use that for everything, but it really did. Is I, I was in these circles and I had a bunch of people I really trusted and considered friends. Um, and I was just rolling free speech balls around college campuses. With oh, I
0: remember that. I remember this video. Um, you did a video on this. And, yeah, ago, yeah. And
1: I got, I got doxxed. I don't like to talk about it a lot. Cause I don't like to be like, Oh, woe is me. I feel like everybody's been doxxed at this point. It's not like a shocking thing anymore. That in combination with a bunch of Vulberts, anytime I'm Christian, it's not in my bio on Twitter, but I don't shy away from talking about it. Um, I'm Lutheran, Catholics be triggered. Uh but, <laughs> but you know, uh, I'm not shy about it. I talk about it. Um, that was my degree in school. I was actually a world religion major, useless. That's why I dropped out. But <laughs> um, I, I thought ta- I would be talking about these things as not realizing the culture of the movement at the time, just being like a fresh person on the scene. And I would just get bombarded with these cringy atheists. And like, I have atheists and agnostic friends. That's cool. Um, But I couldn't, it's like, I could only go one way. I could criticize conservative, like social views, basically, and Christianity and like the establishment of the church and things like that which i mean it's kind of in my history obviously as a lutheran but the moment i would just i think i remember one time i posted a picture of my brother and i in a church on palm sunday on my twitter and i was just like bombarded with all these idiots like oh didn't know you couldn't think for yourself you're like a crappy libertarian all this and i was like i'm done and the further i got down the line the more i read rothbard and the dreaded late rothbard and got into Hoppe. I'm like no actually." Screw you guys. Actually, these values, whether you're Christian or not, are they're conducive to a free society. And the fact that you're attacking me, you say live and let live. That's what really got me. The live and let live people, it usually only goes one way. And once I started to notice that, because I genuinely didn't care. I genuinely was coming to it from, okay, I don't care if you're Christian or not. You know, I don't care if you hold these exact social views. That's fine, whatever. LGBT, all that stuff's fine. BLM, whatever. I was even one of those way back in the day because I'm like, well, they're not hurting me. Well, eventually they literally started to aggress upon me, dox me and things like that and attack me. And at that point I realized I am not playing on a fair playing field because they're coming from a malicious place and i'm not and i think that's a big problem with modern libertarianism like in general is um we're not fighting back it's like we're a defensive philosophy and we just let people beat up on us um and that's a huge problem we should be you know, actually making sure people know what the hell they're talking about. People say all the time, oh, well, you're a woman that people gatekept kept you. I'm like, thank God they did. Otherwise, I would still be th- saying things like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. I mean, it didn't exist back then. But I essentially, you know, was like, oh, equality for everyone, live and let live. I might still be saying that had people not been like, you're being an idiot. You should read this Mises article. Like, thank God people did that. Or I would still be one of those people.
0: So yeah, absolutely. No, I get it. I, uh, you know, and, and get back into the religion aspect. I, you know, I fell away from religion for a long time. I grew up, uh, uh, Non-denominational Christian. My dad's side of the family is Jews, and my mom's side uh, was my my grandfather was Catholic, so I'd go to the Catholic church sometimes. I'd go to the non-denominational Christian church sometimes. Uh, I've been a temple a couple of times in my life, but I, 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 you know, I grew up religious. I was religious. I considered myself just a Christian, and um, sometimes I considered myself a Catholic, but I never went to catechism or anything like that. Um, and uh, and uh, I fell away from it for a long time. You know, especially when I got out of the military, I just. You know, it's like first I didn't have time to go to church and then I just, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I told everyone I was agnostic for a long time. But thankfully, a couple of years ago, I started finding my faith again. And it, it's really I mean, it's helped me be a better person, which is important, Um, that's even awesome. if you know. And, and And that's the thing is like. People will beat up on you for this, right? Like you know these 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 like hardline atheists and and they'll beat up on you for like having faith in something but those same people will turn around and be like the government's gonna save me and it's like are you for, are you for real like yeah. this is you so so I'm not allowed to believe in God but you actually believe a government that has never given you any single shred of evidence that they will ever save you from anything is gonna save you in these trying times bro you're worse than any Christian I've ever met ever. <laughs>
1: The real flying spaghetti
0: monster is the state. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we got some super chats. Let's check it out. Uh, let's see. Roycephus Jorgensen. I think I did it right. $5. Mac was the region, reason I switched to ANCAP. I saw one tweet about Hoppa, and it was all downhill from there. Look at you turning people. Aww, nice. that's awesome. Uh, biblical an- Anarchy. Daniel, what's up, buddy? $5. Uh, Christian ANCAP's for the win. I'm a Calvinist, but Lutherans are cool, I guess. Oh, he didn't say I guess. I just said that
1: he probably means i guess if he's calvinist but that's
0: okay (laughs) i you know i don't really understand uh calvinism to be honest with you it's not something that i really know much about so uh let's see oh yeah i've read carl hess's anarchism without hyphens and and i you know that's what i've been here's so here's the deal i've been telling people for a while that i'm just a black flag anarchist now right like like just a just anarchists without adjectives uh because there was so many handcuffs were so embarrassing
1: Yeah. I mean, I see, I I think the most embarrassing thing I have ever seen was I was scrolling through my timeline and I just started to call myself ANCAP. I was like all gung-ho about it. Like, yeah, I'm costumer and I'm an ANCAP. And I was scrolling down my timeline one day and I see a picture of a a wolf person with a hammer that says anarcho-capitalism on it. It was like a furry. Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, what have I allied myself with? This is terrifying. Um, there are definitely cringy people. I don't know. I still call myself an ANCAP because most people I meet who only call themselves anarchists, aside from like Michael Malice, are kind of crazy. Like yeah. they tend to not like me very much. And in my experience, they tend to be kind of more like left socially. So that's why I don't really get along. But yeah. Well, it's like that's a- just my observation though. Yeah. And
0: it's like, it's like, uh, a- uh cringy it's there's a lot of cringy people in the end circles like real bad and it's like uh and i feel like sometimes i feel like they're probably just really young or you know kind oh, of yeah. retarded or something i I, don't just, know.
1: I just had a guy um comment on my youtube channel who was like he joined my telegram channel and he was like yeah i've been watching you since i was 16 i was like how old are you and he's like i'm 18 now and i was like Oh my God, there's minor, I'm influencing young brains, which is like cool, but also terrifying at the same time. I'm like, are they grooming you? Are you okay? Do I need to help you? Like what's happening?
0: Yeah, it's, and it's important. It's important to mold the the next generation, you know, and that's, you know, I'm doing it with my, my army of children and other people do it other ways. And, uh, it is important. You know, I, I wish more kids would watch my show. Of course I cuss a lot and stuff on the show. And so I don't, I don't want to really, you know, I don't let my kids, my kids don't watch my show. They're not allowed to watch my show, you know, and, um, um, cause it's a lot of cussing. I don't like to hear the F word and I say the F word on my show. I don't say it a whole lot. Like I never say it in the house. It's only on the show. It's like, this is just part of my online persona guys. Okay. I'm really, really like a really good guy that doesn't say the F word unless I'm at work with my buddies. Um, uh, so, so yeah. So, okay. So let's talk, you know, you, we, we talked a little bit about before the show cause I was, I was trying to get your thoughts on like trad wife stuff. You did, you, you have it on your, on your Twitter wife. Okay, yeah. and I know you're you can be kind of traditional with your values, obviously religious, but then you said, "Yeah, I'll make fun of some trad culture," which I thought yeah. was kind of funny. So what what's uh, what's your views on that stuff?
1: Uh, people have been calling me trad for a really long time. I think it probably is. When people find out I'm Christian, they're just like, oh, you're trad. Um, But to me, trad has become kind of a LARPing, which to me, like, I know LARPing, trust me. I don't do it, but I've been around it. Like, I can tell when people are LARPing, I'm kind of around LARPers a lot. Um, And I don't know, a lot of the, like, traditional circles online, like, get just really cringy with it. Like, we call them uh, uh, the Red Pill guys have got me onto this phrase, sun hat goddesses. Like uh women like get into their like their late twenties, like where I am now, early 30s, and all of a sudden they're like, I have found Jesus. And they like put on their sun hats and they put on their like long cottage core dresses, and they're like, Who wants to have babies with me? And like, don't get me wrong, if people are coming to faith, that's awesome. But it's become like a big grift online and it just it's very icky to me. Uh also I've made the joke um that I can't be traditional because I'm not into black guys. Um, because that's also kind of a trope online, which like if that's your thing, all right, it's not really my thing. (laughs) So I don't want people to call me trad because like a bunch of like the anime profile pictures will come after me thinking that's my thing and it's not my thing. So I'm just like in this weird place. I don't like the low birds don't like me because I'm too conservative in my social views. And then some more like right-wing libertarians until they get to know me. Usually once people talk to me and like see my Twitter feed for a while, they're cool with it. But a lot of people see the cosplay stuff and they're like, oh no, like where's her OnlyFans? Like where is it at? I'm like, no, no. Like I literally just like dressing up as anime characters. It's not that deep. (laughs) It's not like a degenerate thing for me. Um, So I'm like in a weird like in-between place. So I mean, yes, technically a lot of my social views are more quote-unquote traditional but I've never referred to myself as trad and I, I find myself making fun of them more than I do like the statue profile pictures on Twitter and things like that, sure, sure. <laughs> that, like try to be really deep and philosophical and stuff. And it's like and they also don't like anime. So they get at really, the trad people get mad at me for the anime stuff. I'm like, all you people are crazy. Like, <laughs> we're allies. You guys just you guys just don't realize it. But it's a it's kind of a cluster to be honest yeah, yeah.
0: i have you know my, my fiance is definitely traditional in some senses uh she stays home with the kids and and seven kids and i work and uh you know she does housework i do housework too we split it but she she tries to you know do stuff during the day she gives kids rides i mean and then you know she takes care of me too which is nice but i I take care of her in another sense so i've, I've never really understood like the trad thing i think that to me it's just like oh well that's what a relationship can be. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's become such a big culture thing online now.
1: I think it's kind of sad. It's honestly sad that we're at the point where that is something people LARP and not just something people naturally do. I think that's what really bothers me about it. Cause I mean, my mom, um, my dad worked like three jobs. My mom babysat other people's kids out of my house. So my mom was a stay at home mom, but she was also taking care of people's kids that they didn't want to ship off to daycare, but they also didn't want to watch them themselves. So my mom was a mom staying at home herself. And so she started a daycare business. And so I grew up around like, you were talking about your seven kids. I'm not gonna say I know exactly how that is. Cause I haven't experienced as an adult, but until I was like 21, my mom had seven or eight kids in the house so yeah. running around all different ages. So it's I wild. know how chaotic it can be. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> and I, I don't know how people do it all the time. Cause at least those went home right, eventually. right? right? <laughs> yeah. They
0: they're always here and, and we have all different ages. I mean, from 16 to, to, uh, seven and a half months. So it's, uh, oh it's a wild range of emotions and there's seven, uh, let's see, six women and three boys. Uh, if you include the mommy and daddy, so it's, uh, it's a lot, it's wow. a lot for us to deal with six, six women every day. Um, yeah.
1: So, I mean, I grew up, I want, I'm not going to say like super traditional, basically the only, I don't want to say the only reason we're Christian. My parents wanted us to go to private school. Uh, cause my mom tried to put me in public school and I was terrified and didn't want to ride the bus. So me being shy saved me from public school, which is kind of amazing. Hi kids. Do you like
0: violence? down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over yeah
1: um but so my mom stayed home and my dad worked and i mean my mom just got her first like big girl job like six years ago she calls it her big girl job she's so cute because she she hadn't been in the workplace for since they had first gotten married so to me, that's just, like you said, that's just something that's just normal to me. And and it's really sad to me. I mean, I, all of my friends pretty much, aside from one really good friend I had, had divorced parents growing up. I mean, I'm a millennial. Like, a lot of millennials' parents are divorced. That's just, unfortunately, how it went. Sure. So, um, I always had that modeled to me. So, it was never weird to me. And it's weird to me that, like, we'll go to family gatherings and I'll be, like, getting my husband a plate of food at, like, Thanksgiving or something. And all the other men are like, oh, I wish my wife would do that. And, like... It's funny, but it's also just kind of sad to me that just like doing little things for each other is somehow revolutionary, or you know, it's it. it's countercultural. Like, when right. did we stop doing nice things for each other in relationships just because you love someone? Like, yeah, it's like it's, it's like, like now if that? you if
0: you do something for your 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 lady or your lady does something for you, it's like some, some there's some pissed off uh, section of the United States that's going right. to be like, yeah, you're this <laughs> or you're that or you're a simp. Or you're, right. uh, or you're whipped, or you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you hate your own, your own gender, and it's like, holy right. shit, guys, we can. I have
1: op- internalized misogyny. So.
0: Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure of it. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, it's. Listen, I've seen your posts on Twitter. Uh, I told
1: them it's not internal, it's outward. I'm serious, but they don't believe me. They yeah, think it's internal. I
0: try to tell people that toxic masculinity, masculinity is good, actually, but nobody wants yeah. to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that shit anymore
1: yeah i think if masculinity got a little bit more toxic it would fix a lot of things
0: <laughs> you would hope that's so but you know opinion. everybody keeps drinking that soy taking ah. taking that masculinity right stop away drinking, from the,
1: stop drinking the tap water get a water filter on your oh sink. yeah we don't drink tap
0: water in the house uh we don't have any soy products besides soy sauce that's it. you know what i mean that's the only soy that's <laughs> in my diet is soy sauce uh and and i stay you know i, re, I i'm legit like i I don't know if it I don't know if it is adding to uh the pussification of men in America, but um, you know, I noticed that when the soy uh production went up in this country, men started not being as manly. And so, you know, we gotta get back it's to weird. we gotta get back to chopping the wood for the fireplace out back. You know what I mean, guys? It's
1: really weird. I don't I don't know what it is. There was like a point when I was a teenager. I didn't have a boyfriend until I was eighteen. I was just really I was just a tomboy till I sure. was like seventeen. But um, like my mom legitimately sat me down and asked if I was a lesbian when I was like 16. And I was like, No, I have a crush on so and so and she was like, oh, Okay, <laughs> like because not because she didn't accept it. But she just like thought it was weird that I wasn't like a 12 year old running around with like, Aaron Carter on my wall when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I there was a point that got really weird where like everyone was into like the skinny skater boy emo aesthetic. And I was just like, not into that like my husband is very much like polish peasant stock like he's really broad and like not in a bad way in a good way but uh i just never got the skinny jeans thing i'm like man if i can share jeans with you i'm not real sure i would want to procreate with that person but that's just a personal preference sure so like the the soy thing has always resonated with me and i feel like my generation growing up is when it like really started to kick into high gear like the millennials like people just like the hipster like man bun type things really started getting popular and all the stuff so i can't
0: do the man bun thing and i did i did do the emo thing though man i i played in bands and like metalcore bands and shit so i totally had the floppy hair i know i will say
1: though i did like the music so my husband my husband's a metalhead and he makes fun of me he's like because i'll say i wasn't emo i didn't dye my hair or anything or wear makeup and he's like I have seen the CDs yeah. that you still have. Yes, you were. You, you just know, you just know, culturally, once a month you know? you're,
0: po- once a month you're popping in the Black Parade and listening I, to it. I, I know are, you are. I know you I'm are. Crazy. I still do too.
1: Bo- 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 for my Valentine. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't, yeah,
0: I don't know how people can can talk too much shit about My Chemical Romance. To be honest with you, the, my, the Black Parade was like one of the greatest albums ever written. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't. You can be mad at me. I'm not even an emo guy. I'm like a, a, a metalcore guy and a hardcore guy. <laughs> yeah. But I still loved. My chemical romance. I'm not afraid to say it, but I did. I did wear skinny jeans for a while, and I'm, but I've always been a big guy, though. Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm a big guy that wore skinny jeans, which is. You're it's not. You're, be not be you're not supposed to do it, but it, it worked. <laughs> they you know they did I? though. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was like, I, was, I feel
1: like everybody was at one point. To be honest, like girls, it was like a gender neutral thing at one point. Everybody wore them.
0: Like I haven't been, I haven't been under 200 pounds since high school for sure, no doubt about it. <laughs> and I was wearing skinny jeans and and little t shirts and you know the jackets with the fur on the hood. I didn't care. I didn't give a shit. The yeah. Jackets with the fur. Yeah, we called we called everybody scene skimos It was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> Oh, time. My God! Yeah, I was a part of that scene, man. I sang in I sang uh, in metalcore bands, and you know it was like that was the aesthetic. And if you wanted to try and sell CDs, you had to go along with this aesthetic. And I did it. I didn't. I didn't mind though. I didn't mind. It wasn't too bad.
1: Now I'm a now I'm a boomer when it comes to my music taste. So. Yeah. What are
0: you listening to these days? I,
1: I only listen to seventies and eighties music, pretty much. Oh though sure. I, I pretty much I listen to everything um but like my favorite band is sticks oh i love sticks
0: i grew up that's the shit i grew up on
1: i'm old that's the same thing with me like it's something my dad and i bonded over i actually used to have 70s and 80s rock fan or something in my old twitter bio and i actually had someone call me like an alt-right rocker mom i think it was (laughs) yeah nice. i don't know where they got that i was a mom maybe just because i had wife they assume i have kids which like whatever i get that and then they saw the 70s and 80s and they i guess they just thought i was like a boomer with a cartoon anime profile picture i don't know but so now my followers call me that as like an ongoing joke because i like i my husband's like turn it off i'm like these were your forefathers as a metalhead this is acdc you can't tell me to turn this off and he's like no they're not you're like
0: you're like you wouldn't have any of the bands you listen to if well for AC/DC, motherfucker. i know
1: and he's like shut up dad come on like it, yeah it's I, like okay grandpa like it, the meme of the person walking the person in the walker yeah <laughs> that's me
0: uh so <laughs> like on my on my weekend days off like i get every other weekend off um uh, for my job and uh on my weekend days off i I'll, in the morning i'll i'll you know get all the kids together i'll put them in like ranks or, or into in you know i get them all standing at attention and i'm like all right listen this this is the plan for cleaning today okay and we'll clean the kitchen and the living room and and they always want me to turn on spotify they, last weekend uh, i was off they're like hey can we can we turn on uh can we turn on spotify while we're cleaning i'm like yeah absolutely and i put on van morrison <laughs> <laughs> and because yeah. I love Van Morrison, right? And, yeah. uh, and "Crazy Love" is like one of my favorite songs. And I was, I was like, this, you know, the kids are gonna love this. They're gonna love it. my my seven and ten and eight or seven, ten, nine, three, 16 year old are gonna love this. And I turned it on, and as soon as it started playing, they hate it. They're like, what the heck is this? No. We don't want to listen to this. I'm like, I'm like, shut up! You're gonna listen to Van Morrison while you clean. <laughs>
1: Don't say anything or I will kick you out. Yeah. Like I remember my dad in the garage like on like nice summer days like blaring like the local classic rock station and me like dancing around in the garage singing like the uh it was like the uh I like Big Balls song and my mom coming into the garage and being like why is she singing that Jim what it like this is ridiculous and my dad be like it's a classic you know? my dad still wears an earring and he's like almost 60 so like <laughs> nice <laughs> he was he was like sort of a pothead in the 70s so
0: nice uh Daniel biblical anarchy uh thanks for he just hit three months as a member of the YouTube channel uh so now he will have that wonderful lime green uh BTC logo thanks man he says he wants to be an alt-right rocker mom sounds pretty freaking based. <laughs> Oh no. Uh oh. In Democracy, two dollar super chat said, I heard Mac is an egalitarian. Is that true? Oof.
1: Jared, that's, come on, man. That's a rough
0: one. That's rough. That's that's hard.
1: Are you letting an egalitarian run your hobby in accounts? That's not very think nice, so. buddy.
0: That that hurt my heart. I'm not gonna lie. But
1: I'm not even gonna respond to such blasphemy. Can we
0: talk can we talk about egalitarianism a little bit? As a revolt yeah, against sure. nature because that's a, first of all it's a good book. Second of all, there you
1: go. That's the end of the discussion.
0: <laughs> it, it is a revolt <laughs> against nature, and that's true. I mean, it really egalitarianism does go against human nature. We weren't we weren't bred to be exactly the same across the book uh, across the board on everything. But I mean, uh, what's what, what you, what's your take on uh, these these people who are pushing for egalitarianism? I mean, what do you think the end result would be if we all had the same amount of money and we all you know you know just the same everything.
1: I mean historically the result is essentially genocide so I'm not really a fan of that right. but uh,
0: 100 million dead.
1: Yeah so I mean that was one of the big things that really pushed me to read Hoppa. I mean obviously Rothbard's got a book on it as well or a collection of essays on it. So I once I read that here,
0: Actually, oh, it's up there. Yeah.
1: Nice. <laughs> um, that was one of the things once I understood the cuz I used to be we can get into this too. It's kind of related I used to be one of those people that was like, right-wing and left-wing, they're on the same bird. Right. It's like, okay. Historically, yeah, especially as Americans at the federal level, you want to argue politicians, maybe pre what's going on the past 18 months. Now it's like, if, you, if you're confused at which states you want to live in now, you're just, you're stupid or blind or not watching the news. But um, I used to be one of those people that be like, oh, the left wing and the right wing are the same. I'm not a part of the political spectrum. I'm above it. Like all, mm-hmm. the, all the typical like Lulbert stuff. And I didn't want to call myself right wing, partially because I was just propagandized to think that those were the bad guys my entire life, which I didn't realize until I got into politics. I called myself a centrist. There's old podcasts of me being like, yeah, I was a little baby centrist. You notice I said Lulbert because I wasn't a centrist. I was very socially left wing because that's just the TV, all the TV shows I watched when I went to college, all my professors were like that. It took a one of my religion professors telling me that Lutherans caused the Holocaust for me to be like, holy shit these people are insane like these are not i'm not i don't know what these people are but because i didn't at that point but i'm not what they are i don't know what ideology they're subscribing to but it's not it's not me um so once i learned about the difference between you know egalitarianism and natural hierarchies and stuff like that everything started to click why i thought you know the republicans like the neocons in the Republican Party. Why I thought, oh, well, those are right wingers, and I'm not that. So obviously, I'm different. No, they're, those aren't right wingers. They're they're all Trotskyites. Like <laughs> they're also pushing egalitarianism, and even some libertarians and AnCaps, like we talked about, the cringy AnCaps. Most of the time, historical, constantly anti communist. Even when I was like 19 and Young Americans for Liberty, I wasn't like pro communist. But I thought, oh, well, I can ally with those people and, and things like that. Um, and I eventually learned how dangerous that was because I got docs and things like that. So sure. when it comes to egalitarianism, it's one of my biggest talking points now. And that's why I'm, I'm glad I get to help the guys over at the Hopping Out because I think if more libertarians and just people, right-wingers in general, realize that that's what's going on, that's why – normal people don't really seem to get it and they they're frustrated with both sides quote unquote but they don't actually realize what's going on it's because they don't understand that it it all comes down to are you egalitarian or are you against that and you're for natural hierarchy true so if more people understood that i think i think they'd come over come our way
0: yeah i used to be a unity guy too i did i did for a long time i used to yeah. i used to be in this uh i used to be in this really fucking cringy facebook group uh, oh, called no. called AnCap versus ANCO- anarcho-capitalist debate or whatever. Oh, I
1: think I was in that
0: at some point. Oh, so cringy! And I used to be the yeah. guy. I dropped the meme that had like this, the the red and yellow and black snake, and be like, "We uh, can team up to fight the state." And then they'd be like, "Shut up, you uh, fucking uh, racist!" And I'm like, "What the? They'd be what like, what You're a f-
1: fascist!" Yeah, and, like, and I'm what?
0: like, what? I'm like, I'm like, no, no, no! I'm saying we could t- team up to fight the state. You guys can have your commune, and I can yeah. come off here and you know just trade freely with the people that live around me. Is that okay? Can we do that? And they're like, "No, shut up." up you racist you bigot and i'm like dude really are you fucking kidding me and, and no. uh i've always been pretty undoxable because i shit post on maine like i don't give a fuck you know what i mean like i don't care yeah. it's like come find me i dare you to come to my house i dare you uh <laughs> but um you know is like i just so i never really cared about the doxy thing i've, I've always had, i worked i worked in trade work for a long time i still do and you know trade bosses don't give a shit what you do like they literally don't care my boss at work uh i'll be like somebody'll be like oh let's find out where this guy works like like in public they'll say that about me you know and and i'll go to work in the morning and show my boss like hey check this out he'll be like what a bunch of retards you know like he's hilarious he doesn't give a shit at all and so um thankfully i'm in i'm in one of those positions but not a lot of people are and it's like it's it's not like you hold these vile views where you're like we should genocide everybody and this, you know what i mean it's like that's not At all what you're talking about. You're talking about can you leave me the fuck alone to live my own life without a state? You know what I mean? And these people are want to dox you and bring violence to you and all this terrible shit. And it doesn't and, and and so I I learned the hard way too. You know, I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, we can unify with these people to fight the state. It's like, no, you can't. You can't do that because they're gonna stab they're literally gonna stab you in the back. The first chance they get, even if even if they haven't defeated the state yet, they're going to stab you in the back because they don't give a shit about you. They want you dead. They want you dead.
1: You're just going to be a a stepping stool. Your body is going to be a stepping stool, essentially. I think and obviously they didn't mean it to be this way, but I think one of the biggest like red pilling moments for me from like Lulbert to what I am now is when I went to the International Students for Liberty conference. And I was there, and they're big unity people. They always have been. They still are, um, unless you happen to be a right-wing libertarian, in which case, good luck. But right, right. I was at the conference, and there was a group of people that had a table. I don't even remember who it was. I'll, I'll probably remember it after after we get off here. But I was with a friend, and actually, Eric July was there, too. That's where I actually met Eric for the first time. But uh, So there was good people there. I'm not saying there was no good people there. But I saw this table of guys and there was this one guy arguing with this group of guys at a table. And they were talking about like anarcho-communism and like free markets, not capitalism and all this. And I'm like, I turned to my friend who was a Mises guy already and younger than me, genius. And I go, what are they, are there communists here? <laughs> and he went, and actually this is the year that Richard Spencer was there too. It was a very spicy year. Oh, <laughs> um, and so I got like full Lawbert mode because of course they all freaked out. Um, and he goes, Yeah, like, there's ancoms here, like, they're, you know, they're anti state. So like, they don't care. And I'm like, that's insane. Why? What? And like, my gears started turning And like, the more people I ran into like a lot of feminists for Liberty yeah. there. And I just kept running into all these people like, okay, these people I was still at the stage, I was like, they can do what they want. But I'm like, I don't, I don't agree with any of these people. And Then I went to the Mises Institute finally in 2018.
0: That's it. Um, That's the window.
1: And every single, I think I had one argument with a minarchist. I'm like, what are you even doing here? No, but (laughs) he was still a nice guy though. But uh, every single person I talked to, I was like, oh my God. Like I just felt so at home and we just agreed on so much and could actually have like nuanced conversations and not nobody screeched at me. Um, And it was amazing, and I got to meet a lot of cool people. And I was like, okay, th- this solidified my position. So I got I got red pilled by the Lulberts. Like it's like that meme where it's like, who radicalized you? And the guy's like, you did. That that's it. That's all. That's all it took. Well, so. it's it's
0: like so so. Here's here's I, I guess a good summary of all that. Really, is leftists infect movements and subvert them. That's what they do. That's literally their playbook. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I know you you know. Say what you will about the Libertarian Party, I get it. I know people are not huge fans of Libertarian Party. Uh, I I ran for chair 2017, 2018, and uh, this was right around the time there was a founded a Libertarian Party Socialist Caucus with actual ancoms and 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 uh, you know mutualists and all these different. Left ideologies and
1: is that or is that the year? Isn't that the year the guy that actually ran for a chair, or whatever, was in Ancom?
0: Yeah, and he had he he came yeah. up on stage with the uh, I can't remember if it was a Bakunin shirt or a, or a Karl Marx <laughs> shirt or a Kropotkin shirt, but he came up with the debate me with that. And he and admittedly later he said he only his actual words were that he only ran to fuck my couch. That's what he said. So he
1: was basically trolling, which
0: him. is which is funny because that's probably the only thing that guy can fuck anyways is a couch. But um and so <laughs> and so uh. So, you know, at first This was when I was still back in those cringy groups On Facebook and stuff, and at first I was like I was like, okay uh, Maybe we can unify with these guys and work with them somehow But then it was like, in the back of my mind I always knew that communists infect and subvert That's like their playbook, that's what they do Uh, they, They infect the movement And then subvert it and change it, and Um, So at some point during that campaign, I decided to fight like I was going to fight these people and I was going to you know, I I came out slinging slinging fire like, okay, we're going to win this. We're going to take over this this national board and we're going to kick all these fucking communists out of the party like you guys are not allowed here anymore, right? I'd never read Hoppe at the time, but now I know, you know, physical removal and all shit Um, and so. And so that was like my campaign platform it was like, oh, we're going to get rid of these leftists. They don't belong here. They're, they're subverting this movement. They're trying to take over the Libertarian Party. And to some extent they had, you know what I mean? They were controlling the messaging. They were doing these things, these leftist things in the party. They were arguing, calling people racist and all this same shit. And then uh, and the Mises Caucus came around, you know, regardless of how you feel about them, they have uh, reinfected the movement and taken it over, uh, or the, the party, and, uh, and really taken it over. They own like 27 state boards now, and uh, the Socialist Caucus is like gone. They're not even around really anymore, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice to see our good ideas winning in the political sphere, even if it's the shitty Libertarian Party. I know everyone hates it, but um, yeah. it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good turning point.
1: I mean, I I was a person probably as early as like mm, 2018, 2019. I probably still would have been like, I have never been one of those ANCAPs. It's like, if you vote, you're a slave. I think that's idiotic. You know, if if your taxes are going to be raised locally and you vote against it, you're not a slave. You're, You're defending yourself. That's how I take it. But I, I am completely fine. Like, I don't agree with the LP strategy. I'm, I think a uh, faux so bishop Republican is the way. But um, I will never knock anyone for getting involved locally, even if I don't agree with, you know, whether it's LP or the GOP. True. I don't care. Um, I mean, yeah, Young Americans for Liberty, to their credit, like, there's a rough party in, like, a district over from me. That's fucking amazing. Like there is a guy who like reads Rothbard and talks about it at like council meetings, a district away from me. So that really red pilled me. I'm like, okay, we, we got to get involved, especially with all the craziness going on now. We've got to do something like we can't just sit and, you know, podcasts are awesome. All this is awesome. But like, you got to do something besides that. Like you've got your kids and things like that. Like we've got to get out there, especially with what's happening now and actually locally get involved and that's another thing that um i like about the and strategy and you know people like phil bishop and things like that is they're actually urging people to get involved and not be like armchair quarterbacks for politics which is unfortunately what a lot of libertarians end sure. up being so. sure
0: absolutely no i i agree uh fully uh, Daniel 3 biblical anarchy Thanks for a $20 super chat man He said evolution science or egalitarianism Pick one you can't have both Egalitarianism also contradicts the bible Without hierarchies and inequalities You will have chaos which is unironically What the left is about True Well, the, yeah. Definitely the chaos part
1: and- I also saw um, somebody in the chat say They don't like the t- term Wolbert uh, If you don't like the term Wolbert We can go with what Lou Rockwell um, coined the term regime libertarians yeah. That's my personal favorite actually That's
0: actually what I had been calling them You know, When I had you and Jared on the show of course we're going to say yeah. Lulberts when I had Nick Ashley on the show of course I'm going to say Lulberts when I have like Mises Caucus members and stuff we talk or, you know, and, and when I had Jeff Deist on and Tom Woods we talk about regime libertarians Which is the same thing yeah. it's exactly the same Thing yeah I mean yeah,
1: yeah. I mean There's kind of regime libertarians are kind of The more serious ones the ones that literally like Are writing articles and stuff defending yeah. You know lockdowns and things like that the Cato
0: yeah. people, you know, and they yeah. and these are the people. What, we'll say
1: their name, Reason and Cato.
0: Yeah, and yeah, Reason Cato. Um, but there are and you know, there's actually some pretty base people at Cato too. You you know, and it's it's hard because there's so they many. Need to Get out. I know Corey DeAngelis, If you're listening, bro, it's time to go. You got go to go. I Nisa love Institute. Corey. Yeah. He's
1: doing awesome work. So I don't, you know, there's individuals. But yeah, there's
0: some good people. I I
1: mean,
0: Alex Norwash can take a flying leap. I hate that guy. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I really dislike at Cato. Like. Like really, like not even just a little bit. Like I, I despise. Like you know, they're the
1: enemy. Yeah. like just straight up. Like Andy there's no. Craig, way, there's Andy no way Craig. Andy Craig.
0: Andy Craig writes for Cato, Okay, that's enough set. This guy's. Oh
1: my God, does he? Oh yeah, he's been writing for. I Kato didn't for even know time. who he was yeah. till like three months ago. He's I'm such. Like, such is, he's such a fucking dork. Man.
0: You guys such a <laughs> dork um, it, uh, it, What's up Jared thanks for the $5 L super chat He said Mac is the best all that great org social media content is her work And we're all very grateful to have her On the team thanks Mac Oh, that was sweet <laughs> Jared. Jared Look at you you <laughs> are you're not anything like what they Say about you buddy nothing
1: He's the bad guy What I, are you talking
0: about? oh I know I know it's funny cause you know When I was getting ready to have him on the show uh, Of course the fakertarians lost their damn shit uh, and they're posting all these like all these quotes from Hoppian.org and shit. And I was like, "Look, dude, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care." I was
1: literally sitting behind our social media, laughing my ass off. Like, you think I'm gonna respond to you? You're fucking losers. Like, yeah. I, who, like, literally, who are you? I don't. And they actually invited me on their podcast at one point, And I think I just blocked them in response. Like, I, you don't. I'm not giving you views. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, no, well, that's it, not happening. It was
0: funny because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the episode where I brought I brought John Hudak on briefly. Yeah, it and was
1: very funny. It was actually I knew something was up because I was like <laughs> talking to my friends in, in a group chat, and I was like, "Why is Josh doing this? This is stupid. Why is he giving these people attention?" And then the podcast started, like in ten minutes, I was like cheering, like, "Yeah!" yeah. I knew he was just joking. around Yeah, I
0: wasn't he bringing that to fuck stick on my show, but um, no, it was it was funny because because uh, you know they they brought me into their group on Facebook, and where they just literally like like drag my family and shit like you guys are fucking idiots it's disgusting. yeah it's gross yeah. right and uh and uh so they brought me to this group and so I'd go in there and I'd just drop some like stupid post in there and just <laughs> I mean just on purpose like like alt-right post or something stupid and then uh, I just take off and I'd come back like a week later and there'd be like a hundred comments on it of all these people just so mad you know and uh and so when I you know I, all this shit kept going on. And then John Hudak wrote a letter to the LNC to try and get me removed from the LNC. And, uh, you know, he started calling me a Nazi sympathizer, which, you know, my, I have family that survived the Holocaust and shit too, right. On my dad's side. And, uh, and so like, this is just uh, unforgivable shit. You know what I mean? Like fu- you
1: have, it, that just means you have internalized anti-Semitism.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I just, I, I was, um, I was, I was completely done with this guy. Uh, so I made that video and I was like, look, send your best guy. I'll give you one hour to make your case on Break the Cycle. I never intended to give him a platform ever. Not ever. Yeah. You know, his side, they're all like, we won. Ha ha. He was too scared to debate John Hudak. I'm like, John Hudak can't string three sentences together in person, dude. Like, he's, I'm, I was never afraid to debate the guy. Uh, you know, I've debated, I debated, I debated Larkin Rose for two and a half hours. I'm not afraid to debar- debate the, 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 the munchkin from, fa- from, uh, But, uh, so, so I brought him on as as a joke. I mean, that's really what it was. It was like that the whole time. It was all planned out. I talked to Tower Power Hour. Dickie Walnuts made that little uh, Undertaker video <laughs> like a week prior to go, the, the show. The
1: Undertaker and... was I, – I grew up watching like Me that too. era oh, of yeah. WWE. And so like with my – I only have one brother. So like – that's why I was a tomboy because I just did all the boy stuff, but uh, I would watch that. And so when I heard the Undertaker music, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be so good." I don't know what's coming, but it's gonna be good.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. But yeah, these guys are these guys are pieces of shit. I don't even remember where I was. Oh, they kicked me out of the group after that show. Yeah. that's what I was gonna say. Uh, you know, they, they they don't even want me in the group where they can drag me anymore because they know after that show that I did, they know that it doesn't bother me at all because I just yeah. didn't give a shit. I didn't even need I didn't even need to make a case. I was just like, "Look, this is what this is what happening. It's actually Tower Power Hour show." You're a dork. Bye. You know what I mean? I think
1: uh, unrelated to what we're talking about, I swear. But I think the uh, I think the libertarian movement in general, I've talked about this with some friends. Uh, my husband grew up like still getting in fights with people in school. And so he he's rabble-roused a little bit. I think the libertarian sphere, since it's mostly male, which doesn't bother me, um, would be a lot better of a place if half the people that run their mouth on social media had ever been in a fight in their life. Right. Right. And obviously I'm a woman, so I haven't. So that's a little hypocritical, but I'm a woman. I'm not supposed to. I think these guys that run their mouths, not just people who are talking about everybody in general on the Twitter sphere, not even just a libertarian circle, just in general. to see. I'm a boomer at heart. It's coming out. Just like get in a fight once in your life. You will never talk shit like that again, especially about somebody's family. Yeah. No, yeah. that would not be happening.
0: Well, it's, it's it's funny, uh, you know, somebody dropped it in, the, in, I think it was Jared dropped it in the chat earlier, he's like, be a man, fight your friends, you know, and uh, yeah. like every one of my best friends and I have been in a fist fight, like that's either how we became best friends or how we strengthened our bond as best friends. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, I grew up in a place where you had to fight to survive, I'm right from right outside of Oakland, California, like it's not an easy place to grow up and, uh, and so, um, I don't know, maybe that's what changed me because... You know, I'll talk shit online, but I'll talk shit to people's faces because I've been punched in the mouth plenty of times. So it yeah. doesn't scare me at all, at all. <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I've been given a lot of credit to Twitter, but I have also been radicalized by my husband who also grew up in a not so great area of where we live. Sure. Um, and he used to make fun of me all the time for the live and let live stuff and, and being a little baby and just so naive about equality and all that. He's like, I can tell you firsthand that's not real. He's like, I'm better than those people that I grew up with. I can tell you that. So
0: yeah, most of and- the people that I grew up with are prison dead or strung out on drugs right now. So yeah, yep. yeah. yeah,
1: that's pretty much the same for him. So I know I'm doing, I know
0: I'm doing good. I know I'm doing good. Well, <laughs> we're getting to the end of the uh, public stream, Mac. Uh, what do you got coming up next? What's going on with the channel? Uh, where can people find you, support you, listen to you, all that great stuff.
1: Yeah, so if you want to, I'm hopefully going to be putting some more stuff up on my website. So when I got kicked off of Twitter back at the end of March, I think it was, I made a website finally because I was like, I got to have somewhere for people to go just in case I get digitally removed from everything. So to speak. Um, So to speak. So um, you guys can find me there or my YouTube channel is Mac and Liberty. I also have a Facebook page. Um, And if you go to any of the videos on my channel Mac and Liberty all my social media and my public telegram and everything you guys can join in the description there. Also, um, I guess plug a little Hoppa. I have a video on my channel up from a month or so ago of me just reading the first part out of Hoppe's "Getting Libertarianism Right," and I think that's one of the most important books people can read now. It'll put into perspective a lot of things. Um, and then, of course, follow the Hoppian on all social media. Don't—I'd uh, rather you guys follow that than me, to be honest. That's more important.
0: Yeah, so. I just bought. Uh, I just bought "Getting Libertarianism Right." Uh, A couple weeks ago And so I I haven't got a chance To sit down and read it yet It's short
1: Once you read that It's kind of like The egalitarianism book uh, Essays by Rothbard You're just like Oh Okay You just It's a a light bulb moment At least for me it was Nice
0: Well I got a Coming on the show on the 19th, uh, when I get back from Disney World, I actually have Dodi, uh, Jody Plaché, who is the son of Gary Plaché, who was the man at the payphone that shot his son's um, uh, uh, Oh, that's kidnapper. from
1: that like, famous... The uh, very famous
0: maybe? news, uh, yeah. news clip of of Gary and yes. in, in the cops scream, "Why Gary? Why?" Well, Jody, the son, is going to be coming on my show on the nineteenth. Wow,
1: that's going to um, be really interesting. Yeah, I'm
0: really interested. He wrote a book called "Why Gary? Why?" which is the, what the cops screamed at his wow. dad after that he shot his uh, his abuser. And uh, so I'm very interested. But that's the book, the next book I got to read that book before I have the person on my show. You know what I mean? So I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds but awesome. I, I don't know if I've ever been more nervous for a show.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be that's that's good though. It'll be something different. Yeah, It'll be super interesting. Yeah,
0: he's like an advocate for for victims of of uh, abuse, child abuse, and, and sexual abuse that's and awesome. stuff. And uh, but I think that he wasn't a big fan of the way his dad handled things. And so I I have to because I'm like. You know, to Ooh, me, I
1: wonder how he'll feel about that news clip being like a, a universal like meme. Well, yeah. and,
0: and to me, Gary was a hero, right? Like this guy yeah. is like the exactly. And you you know that man did not spend a day in jail for that, by the way. He got a mm-hmm. he got a 7-year suspended prison sentence and like and like uh some uh, some years of probation. He he shot his child's uh molester in the head. His child's rapist in the head. In front of the police, the news filmed it and he didn't do a day in jail. The guy's a hero. He's in my opinion, he's a hero. So I have to figure out how to like navigate, you know what I mean, that that conversation without being like, yeah. by the way, your dad's your dad was a hero. Like the guy, you know what I mean? Without like, being
1: like a uh, fanboy yeah. and like being like offensive, it's like about one of my it. favorite
0: <laughs> online clips. Like I don't I don't enjoy watching people die. That's one of those ones I'll make an exception for. It was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the guy raped a child. I hope I hope it's painful, at least. I hope it hurt. Um but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh Ken, Ken Max sorry, I was going to go with the Kenzie part. Kenzie Puff, but uh oh, I'm big, I'm a big fan. I really appreciate you coming on if you could just give me like 2 or 3 minutes to close out the public stream. We'll start the members only stream.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks.
0: Oh, thanks. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Please go follow Mac and Mac and Liberty on YouTube. Follow the Jared, all those guys, they're amazing. Um, great stuff. Uh I'm glad that I learned to read uh that stuff and uh and, uh, and happy in that community Because it's way better than the Lulbert and Caps uh, That are still chin on some of those Facebook groups Trust me, I promise you It's not free, you don't need to go there um, Guys, coming up on the show tomorrow uh, Rising star Yael Becker will be here um, uh, She's got a great podcast on YouTube We're going to talk about all that stuff We're going to talk about her move from New York to Texas To get away from COVID tyranny, of course I know it's a reoccurring theme on the show, but what's what's the what's the issue of our time? This is the one. You know, that if you're not willing to die on this hill, you'll never die on any hill. hill and you will let the government walk all over you forever. And uh, so we got to talk about it. We got to keep talking about it. We got to keep putting those stories out, and we gotta we gotta stand up, um, or it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse. Uh, next week, leaving Monday for Disney World uh, with my seven children. It's gonna be a mess. It's a lot of kids to take to Disney World. I'm I'm scared, but also excited. Uh, but I will be recording. I think I'm recording five or six shows this weekend uh, before we leave. So you guys will have shows. They just won't be live, but they will premiere like live. So you guys will have the same cool live chat. I'll probably be able to hang out and live chat with you guys if, if for some of them at least and and uh, and talk with you. So hopefully uh, you guys will check out those shows. I know we got one lined up with Drew Hancock. Let's see. Uh, I think Citizen Hush is going to be on there. I think Sky Daddy's going to come on. She's pretty awesome. Uh, Let's see who else do I got lined up for that week Uh, There may be a guest host on the Tuesday show I'm not sure yet we'll talk about that But if there's a guest host that'll be a lot of fun Um, I'm pretty sure the Clint episode will come out next week too So the the makeup episode with Liberty Lockdown will be on there And uh, Kentucky Rebel Scum from Twitter will also have a show that week So good shows they just won't be live I hope you guys will will check them out and and, uh, hang out with me in the chat I'll see you tomorrow for the show. Oh, did I did I just leave you Becker up on the uh, on the screen? I did, didn't I? I did. I figured you guys wanted to see it. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow for the show with you Becker. I hope you guys have a great evening. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. have to explain the lyrics
1: of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and refrain but i just meant it in minecraft the helicopter part was in
0: reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just meant it in minecraft for a chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old make your own choices. Yeah, you have control because I just manded in Minecraft.
1: Obviously, I would never advocate force unless it's due process and a trial, of course. And if you're done, we will make you a corpse in Minecraft.
0: Just in Minecraft. Nothing I mean, you know it. The no product is because close to COVID. Holy shit, I think I'm a poet in
1: Minecraft. In Minecraft.